0: Welcome to Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. This podcast will offer weekly episodes equipping passive and active investors alike with the tools, knowledge, and confidence to build wealth through one of the most powerful wealth creation vehicles out there, apartments. Let's get into today's episode. Money Mondays, Money, Monday, Monday, Monday. Money Mondays, right? Every Monday at what time? Three thirty Central. Ooh, all right. Speaking
1: of money, Monday, Monday, Monday. Our buddy Kevin, me and him were texting about golf, and he randomly signed me up to get. What is it to get advice to get registered for lessons? I should get registered for lessons because I don't know anything about golf. But didn't mean to get sidetracked.
0: All right, all right. Well, hey, you know, nothing better than a Monday. Well, I figured to I can't, can't be
1: in real estate without knowing how to play golf. And for those that know me, have know you ever I'm, played before? Yeah, Top Golf. Okay. Well, Played several times. Like ton- no, that's about it. <laughs> never been on the green. I've been to
0: a driving range twice and might as well have never been. We'll get you out there, buddy. We'll get you out there. I, lo- I actually like playing golf. It's just one of those things I haven't been able to do for a while. Yeah. Thanks, COVID.
1: Yep, so, yep,
0: yep. But we're talking real estate today, man. So what are we talking about? We are talking about the
1: biggest mistakes new real estate investors make. Ooh. And there are a lot of mistakes and
0: I like to talk about this for like an hour. if we. Really yeah. And I don't to. like to tell
1: people it's okay to make mistakes. It's about no. making
0: mistakes that aren't going to kill you. Well, big that, difference with it too. that and I'd say the other piece of advice is everybody's going to make a mistake, right? It's that you learn from it and you don't make that same mistake again. Yeah. Right. Because there's always going to be things, challenges, things that you, overlooked or didn't realize were gonna happen. And the mistake that and Ben
1: always makes is not learning from his previous mistake. Ooh, so he should gosh, learn gosh. to learn from his mistake of a previous mistake, all right. I'll nah, leave it at nah,
0: that. Nah. All right, we're gonna get into this folks because there's, there's plenty of these to go around. And once again, we want this to be interactive. So for people that are tuning in, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, drop a comment in there. Let us know some of the mistakes that maybe you've you've heard of, you've done. If you want to be, you know, transparent about the whole thing, um, I'll probably try to sprinkle in a story or two about some of the mistakes that I've done. Um, So, all right. The biggest ones, right? So, I always love this one. This one's one's also kind of coming and, you know, it's rearing its ugly head this last six to 12 months since COVID popped up. It's, is this the right time to invest, right? There's never going to be a perfect time. Right. If I knew the perfect time, I would time the market every single time perfectly and I probably wouldn't be on the show because I'd be a yeah. billionaire living on my own island. And
1: actually, right? and I would say while real estate is cyclical,
0: yes. it's actually still similar to stock market
1: in the sense in what that case? time in the market is better than timing the market. Oh, I like that. Did All you right? make that up? Yeah, I made that up. I'm a G- No, no actually, that's a very famous <laughs> phrase. And it's very true, right? Because you that's know, true. the assumption of with stocks, right? Is stock market's continuing to rise and you know, yes, there's dips and falls and it crashes and but you know, the mar- in general, the economy grows,
0: right? And, and one and, thing that Warren Buffett even pointed out or maybe it was it was one of the it, where if you kept your money in the market even during 8, 9 and 10, right? you know, you're ultimately going to make more money than oh, if you top, you try to top the market out and then sell, yeah. right? And then buy on the dip. It just doesn't work like that, right? Nobody can perfectly time yeah. it. So just keeping keeping yourself in the game is probably the best thing yeah. you can do. You I'm all heard it wrong. here first.
1: So I'm sure in about a month from now, Ben's going to be using this phrase <laughs> every other chance. Uh, but no, so with real estate, though, I, to, I like to say it's actually more powerful because with real estate, the thing you get with timing is it pays down the note over time. Yes. So, so I mean, that's, it, that yeah. itself fixes itself, right? I mean, well, plus tax, uh, any deal could work if I benefits. hold on to it long enough, right? Yeah. Even got... if I buy a deal and it just doesn't cash flow, let's say zero breaks even every single month. Guess what? If I hold on to it until that loan gets fully paid off, I now own that asset free and clear. Yeah. So, even though I didn't make any money, I still made money, right? It fixes itself. And so, no,
0: no, you know, no, 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 it's
1: an important thing to realize, I think, with people.
0: No, I agree 100%. Right. You know, so don't, don't just try to time it like, oh, is 2021 the right time? to hop into the game, right? People people literally said that there was a top in the market since I started investing in multifamily in 2015. they are just like, oh, cap rates, you know, I've never seen an eight cap before, I've never seen a seven cap, like that was the craziest thing. And now cap rates are four, five, and six, right? You know, and, and you know, the market, you know, still hasn't really tanked. I mean, obviously it was a rough rough year for multifamily, I'd say yeah. in 2020, right? I like right? to tell people, but that's what, that was, we ultimately fared better than a lot of the other asset classes too. And- you know, real estate is different in different markets. So, yeah, it's meaning hyper-local.
1: it might be down in one place, but guess what? There's somewhere that it makes sense to buy. So, Ooh. don't feel like you're just going to always sit on the sideline. If you don't think that market that you're looking at is a great place to buy, don't just sit around and say I'm going to wait another year. Go find another market. There's a millions of markets out there. Yeah. Right. Get, so yeah, people, again, don't get caught up in just sitting. That's around. actually a
0: good. That's a good. That's a good mistake that people I think make. Right? Is they're waiting for the perfect opportunity in their backyard. Right. And they need to realize that that might not ever come, right? We didn't look in Houston for quite some time because it just wasn't the right timing, right? You know, and now we're starting to look there, but there's some other more macroeconomic things that are happening here. And that's the reason why we're now looking in Houston. So, I mean, we went to other places like San Antonio, like Atlanta, right? You know, I mean, you have to to kind of sometimes look outside your backyard. And I think a lot of people make that same mistake. Oh, I want to be able to get over there and... You know, show my wife or show my husband or show my kids, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's all great and fine, but it might just take you a lot longer to find a deal, right? So, so, you know, that's why a lot of people in California invest in Texas. Absolutely. Right? But they still live in California. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So that's probably one of the bigger mistakes. That people yeah. So before we keep
1: going, Money Mondays, there's every Monday, 3.30 Central, right? Basically, we'll spend about 15, 20 minutes talking about different topics. This week, we're talking about the biggest mistake new real estate investors make, Yep. We'll spend the last ten minutes, fifteen minutes talking at Q and A. So if you have mm-hmm. comments, questions, go ahead and leave a comment, and we will answer them live. Ronnie says, "What's up?" "What's up, Ronnie?" "Ronnie,
0: Ronnie, Ronnie, what's up, buddy?" All right. Ronnie is the clubhouse king. I heard so. No, I heard he is kingpin. Kingpin and clubhouse. Uh-huh. You, know, you got the. Show. I want to show. When I, I, I need see an it, iPhone. I need an iPhone. When, yeah, when I see it a couple of days, man, I want to see. I want to see what this thing's all about. I've never even been on there. I got a. I got an Android. Right, yeah, you know, I'm a slacker, man. dude. I'm a slacker. But let's keep going. All so, right, so two, analysis paralysis. What does that mean, Ben? What does so, that mean? And I see this. This is probably one of the. This is really, really had. popular. And, and it's and it's and it's and it's so frustrating for me because I just wanted to shake people. Right, they get so caught up in the what if that they never actually pull the trigger, right? They're, oh, well, what if rents don't go up by 4%, they go up by two. If they go up by two, then my deal's not gonna work, right? They're, they pick apart their own deals and their own analysis and they ultimately compound the problem, right? They're gonna say, oh, well, you know, vacancy's gonna go up and, you know, my rents are gonna go down and my reversion cap, cap rate's gonna go up. All of these bad things that never happen in, in conjunction with each other, right? you know, ultimately are gonna blow up any deal. But that's how they usually pick their own deals apart. They're so caught up in their head and what could potentially go wrong, they talk themselves out of every single deal. Yep. Right? And I can I can literally judge somebody within two minutes of talking to them if they're gonna be a tire kicker. And I'm not saying that everybody that has analysis paralysis is a tire kicker, right? Or if they're actually gonna take action and go out and make things happen, right? Once yeah. again, you're not gonna know all the variables. You will yeah, you, make mistakes. You will make there mistakes. There is risks. It's just about right? not You gotta cur- mitigate those. not killing yourself.
1: Yeah. That's where partners come in. That's where go and get educated, listen to podcasts, go sign up for training, whatever it is that makes mm-hmm. sense for you. But no know enough, right? But not enough, you know, don't know too little to just get killed, right? And so I'll go with that one. Ben's going right. to use that one in about a month right, as well. Yeah, give so. me six weeks on that one. <laughs> you know. But no, it's the truth of it, right? Get out there, learn. You know, like I'm a big person of just listening to podcasts, read a lot of books, know enough of how things work. Yeah. Find a person or two to kind of help you, and go out there and get things done. You will make mistakes. You will have less capital than you may need. You will overpay a vendor. You will, hate I mean, you, you might even all overpay of these for things, things, property, well, yeah, property too. But it's you, about you know knowing, okay, I may overpay for property. How do I mitigate killing myself? Well go with less leverage, right? That's an easy way. If I go very low leverage, I'll never not be able to pay the note. That's an easy one, right? Now, that will impact your returns, but again, it's okay to make less returns. It's not okay to get killed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's all about mitigating that risk, right? There's always an inherent risk in what we do. And those that analysis paralysis for people that don't really know that, that is people are just crippled by what could go wrong, right? Instead of actually taking action, right? So I always thought fire or ready, fire, aim, right? And what is that? It's a Tony Robbins-esque Quote, and that means just get into the game. You can adjust and figure it out along the way, but you've got to take action. You have to have some forward momentum, and momentum in this game is one of the most important things, right? So, analysis paralysis—you never get started, you're never going to get anywhere. Rushing into a deal without completing thorough due diligence. So there's a there's a balancing act, right? You don't want to be you don't want to be hamstrung by not doing uh, by analyzing the hell out of the deal and not doing anything. But you also don't want to be, you know, um, well, let's just, you know, under or not underwrite anything and just throw lob offers in there, whatever happens, right? There has to be a happy medium there, right? And some people will not do enough due diligence or thorough due diligence, and they're just lobbing offers in there and hoping for the best, and ultimately they're going to get burned, right? You know, so that's a big mistake that we see, right? You know, playing the short-term game, right? You know, kicking tires. I think, you know, um, there's a lot of people that just kind of, you know, they, you know, maybe do this, um, you know, let's, let's throw an offer in once a month, right? You know, at the end of the day, you know, you're not committing to doing anything. You're just kind of nibbling around the edges. You're just kicking tires, right? You have to commit to this business in order to have enough deal flow and enough offers going in to actually win something. Yep right? You know, you're looking at 100 deals to find one that you're going to probably close. Yeah. so and, and
1: realizing that, and again, put a plan in place, right? It's not a passive thing. I mean, if you want to be a passive investor, great. If you want to be an active investor, which I think a lot of the people that are watching this probably are, it's not a, it's not a very passive thing. And so no. it's about getting out there, talking to brokers, making offers, finding out what you like and what you don't like, figure out what the match is. And it's just kicking tires. I think a lot of people find it attractive to say, hey, I'm going to buy an apartment complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a
0: status symbol or whatever. Yeah,
1: but really it's more about getting out there, putting a plan in place, and just executing, right? And, you know, this is where you put goals. Hey, I'm going to underwrite 20 deals every week, period. Even if I can't find a deal, I'm going to go out and find a deal, right? That's a goal. Now, maybe you do that for a while and you realize you're not getting anything because you're not submitting offers. Well, then you readjust your goals, right? But it's not a short-term game. It really isn't, right? Don't be a tire kicker. Keep kind of getting out there and taking proactive steps to make is that
0: they think that they're smarter or they've got enough money or they got enough time to do it on their own right or they're 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 looking at it from you know very short term perspective right where they're saying well if i can just have more of this pie on my own yeah. then you know i'm going to get richer quicker right but we've run the numbers it doesn't work like that you take a bigger pie and a smaller slice <laughs> And you're going to make you're gonna be more wealthy in the long run, right? It's a team sport. It's a team sport. You're leveraging not only people's money, their experience, but their time too. That's the most important thing that people don't don't they take for granted, right? Is time. You can't get that back. Right? You can always make more money, and ultimately, by doing those things, it helps you
1: avoid making the mistake that will kill you. Right? Yeah. you make mistakes; it happens. Right? No, and so we've done It's a done team this sport, too. right? You know. and you know, and, and it's just yeah. I mean, I'm, I might have made a mistake with my partner, but you know, <laughs> here I am, and we've been able to build the company we are. Right? No, it's not. I mean, you know, it really is a team sport, right? If I didn't have a partner, we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are today. Yeah, right? It's no, very you're... easy to have that short-sighted mentality, but understand it's about having you know, immediate partners, about having secondary partners, maybe I guess, let's call them
0: exclusive primary partners, right? Well yeah, yeah. what we've done is a little bit different. than Some people are gonna have deal partners, right? And Some people are gonna have actual business partners like what me and Ferris are, Disrupt Equity. And then you're gonna also have other people on your team, right? There's Hmm. gonna be vendors, right? Having the right lawyer on your team is important, right? Having the right CPA. These people will keep you out of trouble. Right? These are some of the big mistakes that people oh let's get that low rate, you know, lawyer in here yeah, for don't, don't cheap out, $50 out on your partner. $50 don't, an hour yeah. And he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be able to put my PPM together. Guess what, guys, you guys are setting yourself up for a big problem. Right? Pay the extra money and get the right team members in place too when it comes to vendors. That's probably one of the bigger things I've totally agree. mistakes on, man. You know, so some of the things that we have seen. What, what am I missing, man? I know that there's plenty more, right? Um, big I mean,
1: mistakes people make. I mean, let's talk about the process, right? So maybe trying to, actually, here's a good one. Trying to get greedy and on a specific deal. And what I mean by that is, yeah. the brokers control the keys, whether you like it or not, right? You might think you're being sly, you know, saving a quick buck, trying to do a retrade for something that's BS. Yep. Yeah, maybe you saved the quick buck, but that broker's probably not gonna wanna partner with you again, because be they cursed. are a partner. So again, don't try to BS your way just to save a quick buck. Because trust me, word gets around. The people that are just wasting people's time and trying to save a quick buck, no one is have. No one enjoys that, right? Be a man of your word. Be honorable, and you know, really treat that relationship with the broker really highly, right? It's an important yeah. relationship. So I think that's one people make, right? People that finally get into a deal, they're like, all right, I finally got a deal. I'm gonna, you know, the, the trees on this tree, the leaves yeah, on this tree are not you know, green so enough, yeah. right? Like. Come on, you know that. I
0: want $50,000 off, right? And you know so I, mean? I like, think
1: that's a big one.
0: Yeah. Um, no, there's, there's, there, there's, and there's tons of them too, right? You know, I mean, I would say the, one of the biggest mistakes that we had too was not understanding two parts of the process, right? You know, the financing and the insurance piece. You know, we're, certain, we're starting to educate ourselves with our partners, right, on this at Peak Financing and Strategic Insurance Group. But you have to understand how financing works. And you have to understand how insurance works, right? Because if you get the wrong loan or you get the wrong insurance, that could be detrimental to your deal, right? You know, you ever talk about giving the, giving the keys back to the, to the bank, you know, which happened plenty of times in 8, 9, and 10? It's because people were over leveraged right? And so you need to have a partner on your team that understands how financing works and makes sure it gets you the right loan for the right deal, right? Same thing with insurance, right? You know, you're going to try to skimp a few bucks and and save some money on your premium, but what you're not being told is that your deductible is 5%, and that 5% equates a million (laughs) bucks. So you're essentially, you're self-insuring that property. Do you have Mm -hmm. a million dollars in your bank account, or does the operating account have a million dollars in it? Most likely not, so if you have that hailstorm or that windstorm and it comes in and you've got two million dollars in, in property damage, guess what? You're paying a million dollars out of your own pocket. You know some of this stuff we didn't we took for granted when we started off, right? Yep. We didn't know what we didn't know, and we've since educated ourselves on these very very important parts of the process, right? You know, I would say one last thing too, because it's bitten us in the in the butt plenty of times, is picking the right property management company, doing your due diligence on those companies, right? Talking to referrals, right? Understanding their understanding of the market and how they're looking at rent growth and how they're looking to control expenses, and ultimately getting comfortable with them because they they essentially have the keys to your deal in a lot of in a lot of ways, right? Depending on how it's written up in the property management agreement, they have a ton of power over the you know if your deal is going to be successful or if it's going to be a total dud. Right, so understanding that and, and ultimately going and picking the right vendor for that too is probably one of the more important things. Yeah, I'd say a you similar know. one too is maybe understand who you're buying from. That's probably another. Well, big Well, that's one, actually right? a good, that's a good like, one. Like understand
1: yeah. who you're buying from. The seller helps will help you understand how you're going to run the property, and what to expect. We've learned that the hard way, right? Where you buy it. Let from, me give
0: it. Let me give an example. That's a go great. That's it. actually a great one, right? So I won't name the. will name the property. But, um, you know, the, the seller, they're a big big firm, they had 50 deals or so, you know, here in Texas, and we bought a deal that they had owned for 10 years. We knew it looked tired, right? But when we as we came to find out, they were pretty much a step above a slumlord, right? They had pretty much put a Band-Aid on every major mechanical thing at that property. And when we took it over, we had a ton of CapEx built in. I think we had five or six grand per door. Yep. I mean, it was a big CapEx budget, but it wasn't enough right? Because these guys had run it into the ground for the last 10 years. So understand, are you buying it from a... even These guys are legit. They had 50 properties. But how do they they maintain properties, right? Get an understanding of who the seller is, right? Because there's some sellers that take care of their properties and have a pride of ownership. And there's some guys that are going to squeeze every last penny out of it and leave you holding the bag, right? And that's ultimately what ended up happening on this deal. And so from here on out, we really take a very hard look at who we're buying deals from, right? And our... Are they a legit firm, and do they maintain the property? It's important. I totally agree. You know what else are we missing? Other mistakes people make. Um, let's see. So There's if anyone ton. has so
1: Monday, Monday, just every Monday, three thirty Central. We spend the first twenty minutes or so doing presentations. We're talking about yep. mistakes new real estate investors make. If you have mistakes, things that you know, definitely go ahead and leave them in the comment. We'll talk through them. But other things that we've seen, what else? I was going to
0: say. I was going to say just to, just a drill down on a point that you you brought up briefly earlier, which is you need to get yourself educated. Right now, we're not. We're not advocating formal mentoring or coaching, but if you feel like you needed that, and then go out and make it happen. There's plenty of groups out there. I did the same thing, he did not, right? So it's all in the eye of the beholder if you feel like you need that, right? But you need something. You can't get in, and, and also you can't say, well, I'm gonna get it just by having an experienced partner, right? What if that partner is skimming off the top or doing something fraudulent? You're not gonna know, right? So you need to have some basic understanding of how the logistics of this whole thing works. There's so many moving pieces and you need to understand that so you need to get some level of training. And luckily with the with the internet and everything that's online now, there is a ton of free or low-cost content on there, but you got to start somewhere, right? Read a book, listen to a podcast, be on a webinar, talk to people that are doing deals, understand the mechanics of it because you're not going to be able to go out and buy this deal. And really your lender will never lend to you. You'll never have a real you'll never have any investors because they're going to know that you don't know what you're talking about, right? So have some basic knowledge. That's probably you know, educate yourself is probably the biggest mistake that we've seen. Where people just they got more money than sense. Literally, people that might have a million dollars in the bank and they think they can just roll in and start buying deals. And maybe they maybe they can get one or two deals across the finish line on their own, but it's probably gonna it's gonna burn up and, and you know because at the end of the day they don't know what they're doing, right? Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: What else are we missing? What else? Other mistakes people make. Actually, another one is kind of similar to what you said earlier. It's you have a property manager but also manage the asset, asset manage. Don't just lean on the property manager oh, yeah, and everything. Yeah, no, 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 Go no. learn how to be an asset manager, take a look at the, you know, understand what's happening at your property.
0: Yeah, and that goes back to getting yourself educated. Know what is involved in being an asset manager so you can look at the financials correctly and and, and know where you need to push some some levers a little yeah. bit. Right? Yeah, you know, a property you know. management company is a resource, they're there to manage the people,
1: but also, ultimately you as the asset manager, the owner, you're the one driving the shit. Yeah. They help run the Buck staff, staff that's do. there, but, you know, if, you're all, if your ship staff is working the wrong side of the ship or, you know, you know, how? you were going to do, do a casino know? party and instead they did a something, another type of ship party, <laughs> you know, that's your fault, right? Help lead that charge. So, yeah. that analogy
0: didn't go so well. Uh, you are doing better earlier, but, you know, yeah. no, no. I, I think, Well, I wanted to
1: see if Ben's going to end up using that analogy. <laughs> i a month. <want. laughs>
0: uh, let that one pass, but... The point is, folks, is that you need to know what you what, what, what's going on with the property because ultimately the buck stops with you, right? So we could sit here and say, you know, we've never made any mistakes, but that's a bunch of crap. We absolutely have. But as anybody knows us and knows our reputation, we will fall on that sword and we will admit fault. And then we will come up with a plan to make it better, right? And, you know, and we've ultimately had to do that, right? You know, I mean, we're not going to sit here and just say, oh, we're... We've done we've been rock stars on every single deal that we've ever done. That just doesn't work like that, right? Absolutely. So understand that mistakes are going to be made. Just don't make them twice.
1: Right? You'll you learn from go. them.
0: Right. And that's probably the that's probably the biggest takeaway from today's show. So we got some QA. Anybody so got yeah, any questions? If anyone has for us? any comments,
1: questions, go ahead and leave them in the, the chat box. So let's see. So Jefferson, so Ronnie said he will teach you when you hang out this week. Great. We'll see you Wednesday. Jefferson says, happy Monday, Ben and Ferris. We have lots of snow here in New Jersey. We can bring some there in Texas. Oh, whoa, 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 too much whoa, snow. dude,
0: whoa. whoa I didn't and then he said, that's
1: a anything. great point about the deductible on insurance. Yeah. There's a lot of little gotchas that you God, learn over we time. Don't, so. We
0: didn't know that when we were starting off, right? We had to get educated on this stuff. But luckily, they, none of that stuff burned us, but it could have. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? I mean, all you right, just have to, you have to kind of do, you just have to get
1: educated on all these different pieces. So one more comment from John Montero. Big mistake, not understanding your investment slash deal box. Otherwise, you'll be chasing every shiny penny on too many bad deals. I love it. Very that's, true. Uh,
0: that's why we're friends with yeah, you, had John. Define yeah. your
1: criteria, right? I think just a little bit of everything. And even us, we'll do different things, but our box, there's different boxes for each yeah. type of deal. Because, again, like John said, there's a lot of stuff out there. And if you're, you know, if you're too vague, you end up getting desperate or you end up getting overwhelmed. One of those two things will probably happen. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the brokers won't think of you because their box, your box is everything. Versus if you know if I know you're the only guy that will buy a green shoe, right? Like speaking up another analogy, right? I have great analogy. <laughs> if I know Ben's the only guy that will buy green shoes, guess what? The next time a green shoe comes to the door, I'm just gonna I'm gonna think of Ben as the first mm-hmm. guy. Right? Versus if Ben's like, I'll take any shoe. Well, if a green shoe comes through the door, I'm not going to think of Ben, I might think of some whoever. Right? Yeah. So that's kind of maybe the similar analogy. Right? Have a very clear box because it also helps the brokers remember you, help the brokers source something specific for you.
0: Right? No, and I'm big on not, not taking a shotgun approach when it comes to, you know, acquisitions, right? You need to have, you can't be like, hey, I'll look at anything over hundred units in Texas. Well, that's a pretty big box. Right, and you're like like Ferris said, you're gonna get overwhelmed, or you're just ultimately never gonna get a deal across the finish line because you're too vague, right? So know what that is. Stick to your guns, right? And you know, unless there's just a smoking hot deal that maybe falls a little bit outside your box, that might be all right. We're opportunistic too, you know. So it's not a rigid box, but it's it might be able to expand a little bit. But beyond that, don't go chasing that crazy deal over there because somebody said it was 20% returns, right? When you know you should be staying in your lane a little bit. I think that's a big mistake that a lot, especially when people are starting off. Oh my gosh. I remember when I got into real estate, man, it was like, it's like just getting blasted in the face with a fire hydrant, right? There's just so much information, so many directions that you could go that you're just chasing all these different opportunities in real estate. And, you know, I'm surprised I even stumbled my way into multifamily, but you know, here I am, right? Which is a niche within a niche. Uh,
1: Absolutely. So, let's see. So, if anyone has any more comments, questions, go ahead and leave them. We're happy to talk to them. Monday, Monday this is every Monday, 3.30 Central. Oh, talk yeah. about a bunch of different topics. Today, we're talking about mistakes real estate ministers make. But mm-hmm. uh, one more, and then we'll move on. So, uh, Tr- Trevor says Ronnie is the king of Cold House. Absolutely.
0: He is. He is. He's the king Ben. So, but what else do we got for people, Ben? Oh, oh. And what's next? We've got our toolkit, folks, right? Well, we've talked about this several times in the last couple shows. <laughs> This is where we're consolidating all of our stuff, all of our checklists, all of our webinars, all of the podcasts. Everything's in this toolkit. We're not trying to sell you anything. Go to www.disruptequity.com toolkit and check it out. All we're going to ask for is an email. Yeah. Not selling you anything, right? But on this slide, I am going to try to sell you something. <laughs> I was trying to tell you. Yeah. So what's, last, co-
1: what's coming up, Ben? In two weeks, three weeks. Two weeks. We got our nineteen infant, days. Nineteen infant days.
0: Infen conference, multi-family investor network coming up here in Houston. You know, right up the road from where our studios are. Yeah. You know, but this is the last call. So put in coupon code. Yeah, we are very. Call. We sold out the VIP already. We're very close to selling out. the Yeah, we, the we got rest twenty spots left. Right, we're trying to yeah. kind of keep it COVID safe, COVID compliant. Right, we're not trying to. Bombing out like we did last year, four hundred plus people. people. The mayor of Houston, yeah.
1: the mayor of Houston, will not come out this time, but maybe next year.
0: Yeah, you know he's got some, you know he's got some appearances. He's got to <laughs> keep up, right? You know, but at the end of the day, it's going to be a fun conference. We got Robert Hounds. we got Mark Kinney, we got a bunch of, we got a bunch of panels, we got a bunch of breakouts. People can learn a ton of stuff, and they can ultimately find those partners and the, those team members that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So. so. What's w- the what's the URL here, man?
1: Www.mfinvestornetwork.com. Okay. This is the coupon code last call. So we are expecting that we'll still out this week, so I'm excited. We definitely hit yeah, all of our yeah, no, metrics. I mean, it's not a coach, we're having a lot of interest, you know, so a, lot, a of lot, of lot of speakers. It should be awesome. I'm I think there's a lot of
0: pent up demand. Obviously, you know, we have a big, pretty big following here in Texas, so it's not hard for a lot of people to come in from central Texas or Dallas. And yeah, so. for those of you
1: that can't make it, John Montero. i um, you know we'll let oh. us slide this time, all right?
0: <laughs> John, we're gonna get you out the one, buddy. <laughs> You know, one of these days. But no, we appreciate it. John always helps us support that. Yeah, so,
1: so we had one more question come in. So, seller self managed a property for sixteen years has literally done what you just described: squeeze the prop, deferred maintenance repairs, and more. Do you have any tips to
0: renegotiate based on what we found? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you have a legitimate, you know, like you know, where you're because you're doing a property tour, right? They're going to they're going to manicure the 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 way that you do the tour. And if you weren't able to see it, right? If the thing was falling apart or the roofs needed to be redone, right? Then you have a legitimate reason to maybe potentially go back and do a retrade. Now, yeah. we try not, we don't, we use that, we don't use that often, right? Because that's a card that can piss people yeah, the, off. The
1: rule of thumb is if you couldn't see it or you're no. not the expert in it and it wasn't disclosed, you might, you're probably allowed to renegotiate it, right? Yeah, and so absolutely. I would say in a situation like that, I would get every contractor under the sun out there. We've get had a bids. case where we had like 25 people out on day, the due of day deals, Right. Dig into everything, get a good sense with it, and just get comfortable, right? Ultimately if the deal works at a price, it works at that price. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. Right. So don't get desperate to do the deal, right? Make sure you have the price that you need to get all the things cured, get all the things resolved mm-hmm. and moving forward.
0: But I mean the, you know, you typically so you know, we're gonna have a CapEx budget going into our into our, you know, acquisition, right? My thing is okay, I got a million dollars. If my CapEx proposals come back at like a million and a half, two million, we got a freaking problem, right? Now, if they come back in a million and I just have to rejigger some things, then that's a, that's a different story, right? But when, my, when all the deferred maintenance and all these things that I didn't know and were not disclosed to me blow up my rehab plan, then we got a problem. And we got a reason that we might have to renegotiate, right? The other thing too, you'll find out that there's way more vacants than we're on the rent roll or we're disclosed, right? So whenever you're doing your unit by unit walks, right? You find out that, hey, instead of 10 units on a hundred unit property, there's 40 units, Yeah, you know, that's an extreme example, but you get my point, right? That would be something that you could say, hey, you know, I made an offer based on 10 vacant units and you got 40. You know, we need to renegotiate this thing, right? You know, it's just called a retrade for people that are kind of new to the business.
1: I agree. So. And then Josh Benfros says, excited for M, and so are we. We'll see you yeah, there. Yeah, buddy. 19 days. So, going, so with that said, Money Mondays are every Monday, 3.30 Central, starting at 4 so, o'clock. Oh my gosh. Talk about a bunch of different topics. Today we're talking about mistakes real estate investors make. What are we talking about next week, Ben? Oh, my gosh. If you have any comments, questions, Uh, go ahead and leave them. uh,
0: uh, We can kind of catch them before we finish up here. But next week, we're talking about what? Tips for building your business plan as a multifamily syndicator. So there's a lot of things that you're going to have to kind of understand and know. And, you know, in order to kind of build a multifamily syndication business, you know, you need to have a plan, right? You know, and I think we'll kind of go through some of the, the tips and tricks and, you know, some of the uh, the hurdles that we've had to kinda of go over, right? Absolutely. So we're excited about that one. So with that said, money Mondays, every Monday, three thirty Central. We're gonna go ahead
1: and call it a wrap unless Let's we get any questions in the next five seconds. Otherwise, ooh, we'll see you guys ooh. next Monday when we'll see a lot of you in not the Saturday, not next Saturday, the Saturday after <laughs> at our M. We're thing, still gonna have a couple money. M- MF Investor network.com conference. So we're excited. <laughs> it's looking no, to check be a good turnout.
0: Yeah. Check out that URL. $150 off. That's a pretty good deal. We're trying to sell this thing out this week. So, act fast and we'll see you next Monday. We hope you enjoyed today's episode on Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. We have some really great episodes coming up, so make sure to subscribe to the podcast. For those interested in passively investing in cash flowing multifamily properties, visit DisruptEquity.com slash invest. Fill out your information there and you will get notified when we release our next multifamily passive investment offering.